Hey everyone, welcome back to Pop Culture Pod. This is John. I wonder if you remember back to a few months ago, Anton and I posted an episode about 1990 and music and pop culture. And we said that we were going to talk about all of the years of that decade and record those episodes. And we didn't. Well, except for one. And so that's what you're going to listen to today. We did get a chance to talk about 1991 with music hip-hop, other songs, R&B, and also we talked about Bay Area Radio at the time, and also housing culture. So anyway, I hope you enjoy this episode. Thanks for listening. This one, you know what, for 1991, we're going to start with movies. Okay. And... This one was a little tough because I have no clue when I watched most of these. There's only one of these that I know for a fact that I watched in 1991 because I watched in the movie theater. We we got dropped off at Fremont Hub to go watch a movie because then our parents had work and stuff, right? We decided to go watch Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey because we were big fans of Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. <laughs> together we watched that and the next day we went to fremont hub again and got dropped off you know had ten dollars or whatever we decided to watch the movie again Mm -hmm. in a row like back to back days back to back excellent and when my mom picked us up i was so proud you know like we're like yeah we had so much fun we watched it again they're like and then my mom got mad bogus because <laughs> she's like, you already wasted, watched it. Why'd you, why'd you waste your money? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that's how I remember <laughs> that Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey was for sure in my 1991. But everything else, yeah, I have no clue. I think actually the other the other ones for sure that I watched at some point during that time was Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, mm-hmm. and right. Sleeping yeah. with the Enemy. <laughs> Sleeping with the enemy. You watch that in the theaters, or you just like? No, we rented it and somehow had the copy afterwards. But um, two VCRs or what? You know, uh, the uh, the camcorder and the VCR. <laughs> uh, SP. So we had two two movies on one 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 tape. That's um, LP. LP. Oh my bad. LP or SLP. Oh, SP is the standard play. The standard play. LP is long play. EP long play. It would be a horrible. Uh, yeah, extended. Yeah. Play. So it was yeah. LP. We, we yeah we hit up LP. Um, yeah, for some reason I, I I used to watch Sleeping with the Enemy a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Who is that? Jason J- Jason Patrick? Or no? No. No. I mean, it was definitely Julia Roberts. Jo- d- yeah. The white, the husband, sorry, the husband. I forgot who the husband was. Actually, I don't know. I don't know anyone in in the cast other than Julia Roberts. Julia Roberts. Yeah. I, I guess mean, you she didn't watch it that much. To... No, I, I, <laughs> I see their faces. <laughs> I see like the, the stalkery husband and then the, the neighbor who she, you know, started a, a relationship with. Mm-hmm. Who had an apple tree? 
where she would take the apple and make apple pie and then anyway and she had to she learned how to swim very serious issue because she was in an abusive relationship she learned how to swim she faked her death <laughs> a tragic <laughs> boating accident somehow the stalkery ex-husband found out that she was still alive i need to watch this movie again because <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a total 90s like uh thriller and i love those <laughs> <laughs> Those, those 90s suspense, like, yeah. Anyway. But that was not what I chose as my movie. But the thing is, I don't know for sure if I watched it at that time. Or I know I watch it now all the time. Point, <laughs> Point Break came <laughs> out in 1991. Yeah, <laughs> it, it, it did. I, I, I did see that. And I was like, yeah, that should probably be an honorable mention. Yeah. Well, what was yours? So... I had to put in New Jack City. Mm -hmm. um, album was also fire. Mm -hmm. um, I think I, I think I watched it with some friends and their parents or something like that uh, in the theater, mm -hmm. and it was it was cool. I mean, I don't really remember it much now, but I do remember. I think what. I wanted to call it out just because the album, mm -hmm. because we also had the the album and then um, seeing uh, Ice-T act mm -hmm. for the first time, yep. like Judd Nelson was in there and I was like, what? Um, yep. And then probably one of the best villains of the time, Wesley Snipes. Yeah. And definitely came up. Um, and who, who Mario Van Peebles is in it too. Right? Mario Van Peebles, yeah, Chris Rock. Oh, yeah, 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 Pook, yeah. Pookie, yeah. Uh, the other Vanessa Williams. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he got confused. So, so, I haven't seen it in a long time, yeah. Um, but I, I, I just remember that time and like kind of like watching a um watching this film that was like really dramatic you know uh-huh so i mean that that was like i mean i don't i i'm 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 not a historian for for black cinema but that might have been like I think the reason why that was so like groundbreaking was that that was maybe the most maybe that's not the first but it's the most successful crime drama mm -hmm. that focused primarily on uh black characters right cuz you know there's obviously a ton of mafia crime exactly or organized crime i should say organized crime film at a mainstream level because I, I can't talk about black exploitation films and all that stuff because i don't know yeah. but like from a from a mainstream media perspective i think that was yeah i mean and, and at that time that was like just uh, along with a string of other like all, all black films back then had to do with gangs 
but that was not a street gang that was organized right. crime level even though street gangs really are organized crime too but um yeah right it was it was kind of like it wasn't back then when i recognized this but then i think afterwards people talking about it as like you know uh not the godfather but a godfather-esque kind of film for for black cinema yeah and you know if you think about it too because it was so popular and made a lot of money then that was basically like cops versus crime boss Mm -hmm. you know those it's it's like that trope Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. then a few years later there was like oh let's make a western with all black characters like i think posse is one and i think one of the you know one of the I think the taglines was like, oh, one in however many cowboys was black or something like that, right? Yeah. So then I don't think Posse could have gotten made if mm. New Jack City um, like failed at the box yeah. office, right? Yeah. So Mario Van Peoples, uh, I think, produced and directed Posse. Posse. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I have something else to something related to cash money brothers and not at all directly related to it, but I'll talk about that later. <laughs> Another black film <laughs> that I have in my honorable mention. And this is going back to our chat in during the 1990 talk was, a uh, the late night, late night movies that were always like on repeat uh, at late night. Mm-hmm. Again, this is like for folks that didn't have cable, the five heartbeats. Yeah. The thing is, I didn't, I wasn't into it at the time because then I never, you know, never watched it. I only watched it after I was like watching it. Like, this is, I put it in here because it got released in 91, but I didn't watch it until I think until it, um, later. like yeah, mid high school. Cause mm. um, I, I remember our friend Mon and her, her siblings were totally into it. So I probably, that's probably how I found out about it. But it was always on like, 11 to 1 on one of our local channels like KICU channel 36 <laughs> like it was always always on I mean I wouldn't say like every day right but then it was on enough that it was like that that was a late night movie or like the Sunday afternoon movie yeah um but I love that movie <laughs> I, I really love that um after seven song mm-hmm. you know wait that was after seven right I think so. That, and that's like this. I wish. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah, like yeah. This, right. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. That was. I mean, I I've never seen it actually. Really? Um, yeah. But definitely love that song. What's his name? Something Townsend. Robert Townsend. Robert Townsend. Um. Another person who stewarded, you know, black mainstream. Black, films. Yeah. 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 No, I love that. I love that film. And shout out to Dion. I think that's the name, the lead character, or one of the characters' names, or one of the actors' names, because he was in um, Cliffhanger. <laughs> oh, Leon. Leon. He was also in Above the Rim. Oh, was he? Yeah. I don't think I watched him. I mean, I think I watched Above the Rim, but I don't remember. I, I might, might have only watched it once. Good Tupac role, man. Um, <laughs> oh, I have shoot. to. I have to shout out uh, City Slickers mm-hmm. because, I mean, it was funny, whatever. 
Yeah. Um, also kind of a Western. What? <laughs> we have a running just, theme here. I, yeah, I know. Uh, but I think this, this is kind of resonant for me because this was one of the first times I went, it was like me and my friend from uh, St. Edwards. I think we were in seventh grade. Um, yeah, the, the summer, maybe the summer before seventh grade. Wait, no, 91, that would be the summer before eighth grade. Um, so then uh, me and my friend actually went with two other girls um, from another school in Union City. So that was essentially like, that was the first time I think in my life where I had befriended some other mm -hmm. people that, that I didn't go to school with, or I mm -hmm. didn't know through um, classmates. Um, and I think my friends next, uh, uh, she knew, or no, my, my friend knew the girl that lived across the street who was friends with these two other girls. And then for some reason, we ended up connecting. And then we would just like, um, we would like talk with them, you know, like on the yeah. phone and, and stuff like that. Like I would go yeah. over to his house and then we would like, and then <laughs> the other two girls, they would go to their, one of their friends' house and we'd just like, just like talk. Yeah. Yeah. And then at some point we decided that like, Hey, let's, let's go hang out. Like, mm -hmm. you know, and, and then that was, uh, what we did. So we just went as like friends. Um, Not a date. No, I don't think so. I mean, like, <laughs> I, I don't think I like them yeah. at all. I mean, but, you know, we ended up being pretty good friends through high school um, from that. But then it was like, it was cool because it was like, it felt like I was growing up. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. So. Yeah. Shout out to City Slickers. And again, <laughs> Cynodome 7 West. And New Park. I think we probably went to New Park after. Mm-hmm. Shout out to New Ooh. Park Mall. Shout out to break, New Park I Mall. Used to, I used to break dance there. Did you? By Sears. Yeah. Like, actually, inside? It, yeah, because the floor was hella smooth. Yeah. <laughs> I may have seen you there. No, um, no, it was it was over by Sears where no one actually walks in. But uh, I put Point Break. And I don't think I watched it back then, but that's one of my favorite movies. <laughs> uh, this isn't the only time that Keanu makes. Oh no, he made it into this list three times. So we got two of them. Wait, so <laughs> Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey twice mm -hmm. are you counting both of those no that's okay. one point break and then the other one has has nothing to do with the movie it has to do with it's got oh, let me let me guess it's rush rush dude <laughs> yeah. paul abdul yeah. <laughs> i had to put it in my honorable mention because paulo was my girl at the time <laughs>
this one actually this the the music for 1991 if you wanted to jump into it that's good let's get it dude almost all it. this was really hard to pick like one fuck it whatever whatever the song i'm just gonna name them all let's do it let's let's go through each one we were chatting i said boys 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 is gonna have to be in here somewhere because that was one of my most heavily played mm-hmm. uh tapes side a all the slow jams and then the one <laughs> song motown philly and side b <laughs> Rewind it all again and play all the slow jams. Um, but I chose It's So Hard to Say Goodbye because I think that's the one that kind of like carried the the longest kind of like replayability during high school, through young adulthood, through adulthood. Mm-hmm. Even though at the time, I think uh, Please Don't Go was probably my favorite one out of uh, all those slow jams. Wait, wasn't Please Don't Go on two? Or was nope. it on the... F- nope, that was, uh, that was oh. on Motown Philly. Yep. Okay, yeah, that... That that one... That yep. song is hella good. Yeah, and it's funny because downloading these slow jams, mega mixes and stuff, when I have one of those that, that has Please Don't Go, and it's probably the first time I listened to it in, like, years, and I'm like, went straight back to the... <laughs> The feels of that song <laughs> it's so good <laughs> uh it is really good we probably have all similar ones but i'm just gonna r- run down them just because of um the stories behind it oh wait real quick before you uh, before you go past motown philly that yep. was also on my list because um during spirit week uh, my team did a dance to that. So, so let's see how I how I could how I could just kill a man. Cypress oh, Hill, dude, really good one, dude. that tape and then these are the hardest to to like not put as a favorite so low end theory came out that year man so it's like oh my god what song out of that are you gonna choose i just threw out scenario just because when that song comes on came on then when that song comes on now if like whether it's you're in your car by yourself, your your headphones, whether we're all hanging out as friends, everyone's gonna that's gonna you know get everyone up, however old we are, right? Yeah, everyone knows the words to that too, mm-hmm. or at least certain parts of that song, right? And then the other one, same reason, the choice is yours. Oh, black sheep. God. Yep. I can't believe I omitted this. Tough year, man. <laughs> uh. I can't Especially the admitted this the little like bridge or I don't even know what it is but like that part about like, the engine engine number nine mm-hmm. on New York Transit line 
if I if my train goes off the track, pick it up. You know that pick it up, pick it up, pick yep. it up back. You yep. know everyone's like punching something when back. Yeah. <laughs> engine, engine number nine on the New York Transit line. If my train goes off the track, pick it up, pick it up, pick it up. Back Come on. on the scene, crispy and clean. After everyone's already dipping low, and I, mean, I don't know if we could do that at, at our age, but then like, you know, I'm getting hyped up, just kind of acting it out. But that album was really, really good. A yeah. Wolf in Sheep's Clothing was yeah. really good. Damn, I'm, I'm ashamed that <laughs> I did not put the choice is yours. On I there. had to dig through it though. That's why, because I was digging through 1991 songs, and I'm like, mm-hmm. <sighs> or albums. I'm like. There were hella singles off of both of those albums and even their non-single tracks were, they still hold up production. This is going to get harder as we, we go into like, especially the mid nineties, dude. Like once we start getting like 92, 90, like through 97 will probably be really tough for songs. Yeah. It's all, t- I mean, music, the music one's going to be the hardest. I mean, movies too, but like. I mean, this is when we were like coming of age. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, this is what brought folks together. Like uh, Spirit Week skit, hanging out at a friend's house. Yep. Again, we didn't have internet back then, so we could, we didn't always get the music. So you might have had a tape. Right. Or a bootleg of a tape that I that I didn't have. And that's the way that you would that's like one of the reasons that you would not not the only reason, but that's a, a reason to hang out with your friends is to to trade tapes or trade music or hey, have you heard this or whatever? Yeah. Yeah. So this was the year I think I started to learn how to DJ. Mm. Um, but, you know, for some reason, I didn't really put any of the, like the songs that I actually learned with. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have to, I, I think a lot of the songs that I picked had to do with one of the late night shows that I used to watch, like on Saturday nights. It was called Pump It Up. And it was a like an hour, like hip hop music video show. Mm-hmm. Um, when it was essentially like a, a CMC, but then it was like had segments where um, the host uh, would talk to different artists about whatever. It was basically like Yo MTV raps, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but not on MTV. And I think it was like on Channel Twenty at like one a.m. or something, one to two. Right. And uh, this is when I started to, I think we, did, we didn't have any cable anymore by this time. So this is how I, I watched um, videos from like um, Black Sheep, um, uh, like a lot of the East Coast, like Third Base. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the songs that like I love is um, from Main Source, uh, Looking at the Front Door. Mm. I hella remember the video 
and that is one of my favorite 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 songs um it's off the breaking adams which is also a really really good um album mm-hmm. and yeah dude and also opp came out yep. naughty by nature opp how can i explain it i take it frame by frame it to have y'all on jumping shower saying it a banger too yeah <laughs> right yep um certainly inappropriate for sure <laughs> most of it <laughs> yeah and uh you know like everybody knows like um you down with opp and then you know everybody knows the the call out from yeah. that right um it's funny you know i remember i mean i was younger i mean again i have an older sister so she knew what OPP meant. I didn't know what OPP meant when it first came out. Yeah, of course. Maybe it's the, the that was uh, the WAP of our <laughs> generation. <laughs> uh, same word. Yeah. I think it's P at the end of like an acronym, then it's definitely, <laughs> yeah. What else do you? <laughs> Um, high five. I can't wait. Another oh, minute. yeah. And also the uh, the kissing game. Yep. So I had, I basically yeah. had those, those four, like main source, naughty by nature, high five boys to men mm-hmm. um, yeah and you know <laughs> again i'm really ashamed that i didn't put Cy- <laughs> cypress hill and um black sheep in there and like low end theory yeah man i was like looking at him like oh let's but you, see like, i i think those are all kind of given especially like low end. yeah theory, yeah i mean so yeah you know, I didn't want to. I couldn't not put it in, though. <laughs> no, that's fair. That's fair. Um, the other thing I was talking about, like with C, with Cash Money Brothers, right from New Jack City. Yeah. The CMB I was talking about was gonna be Color Me Bad. Because <laughs> <laughs> we got bangers. <laughs> I mean, New Jack City soundtrack, dude. Another uh, shout out to John to Bon Jovi because their big break was actually through John Bon Jovi. What? Yes, I forgot the story. It's on MTV, but like they somehow got their single to John Bon Jovi, and he liked it, or he felt like they could hit, and so. Somehow he got got them connected to a record label. Oh wow! So quick, quick story about um, "Colored Me Bad." I want to sex you up, right? So it was I think in the beginning of eighth grade. We were just playing songs, and that was like the hit. Right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we were playing it, 
and the teacher um she was kind of young at the time she was probably like maybe like 30s yeah. at the time yeah um and then she was like oh yeah this this i like this song and then as it got to uh she thought it was like i want to set you up yeah um but then some kids in our class was like really yelling the word sex really loud <laughs> during that part yeah and then she was just like wait what yeah and then and then she learned that that's what the title of the song was and that's yeah. what the lyrics were yeah and we were in a catholic school so she's like okay <laughs> we gotta stop <laughs> You have a lot of these stories about playing uh, <laughs> inappropriate songs at a Catholic school. Uh, that's funny because that reminds me, you know, we used to do road trips as families, right? And so yeah. by then they had bought me um, a boom box where I could uh, actually, I, I didn't do it. On my, we did it, I did it on my karaoke, on my parents' karaoke machine where they had two tape decks. Right. So I could make my own mixtapes, like legitimate mixtapes. Um, so I made one with like all these like R&B songs, but then mm -hmm. I, what I did was I played them back to back. I would record them back to back. Um, and then, so my, my sister and I would like trade off on whose tape could be played. Mm -hmm. And I guess my parents were just like, whatever, just as long as they're not bothering us, we're going to, you know, um, but I did do one with, I adore Mia more for, whatever but also i want to sex you up so i just realized that my parents were playing the song <laughs> for their like whatever eight-year-old kid i mean eight, eighth grade kid and maybe they didn't hear it you know like your like your teacher maybe they didn't hear it like well because i don't remember them saying anything to me i remember later on in high school i I was playing an LL Cool J song and my parent in in the car. My mom was like, "What is this song? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Which song was it? Backseat of my Jeep. Backseat. Oh. Uh, totally understandable why my mom had a reaction, reaction like that. Um, but this is why I like to remind us as adults. You know, when people like uh, criticize the raunchiness of music, I'm like, you have to remember what we were listening to. Oh, yeah. Back then. And not even like as, not like D the DJ Quick or the, the AMG stuff, but like this, the the Color Me Bad or um, Boys to Men, ooh, ah. <laughs> Injection fell. I mean, you know, I mean, <laughs> like... <laughs> I didn't know what it meant back then. I mean, I knew what ooh ah was like referring to, but like injection fellows had no connotation, but we were listening to some pretty raunchy stuff. But you know, right? When people are like, oh, kids these days, what the hell are you guys listening to? I'm like, yo, do you remember what we listened to? <laughs> yeah, for sure, dude. For sure. shift to pop culture i know we were talking about rayon <laughs> for me it was i mean the biggest thing really was was getting cable for oh, okay. numerous reasons but really it was like because mtv 
uh, finally getting all these videos to songs that I'd never seen or, um, yeah, getting cable, getting MTV, having yo MTV raps, big, big, pretty, big, pretty effing big deal. Big. Yeah. 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 Pretty effing Uh, big deal. Yeah. And I think I'm just going to like, uh, tag on to what I said for 1990, which was the, like, this is a sports thing, but it's like, uh, it was a Duke UNLV, (laughs) the semifinals. Right. Um, and Duke beat UNLV. Um, Larry Johnson was basically the player of the year that year. Um, they ruined and a perfect season, right? They did ruin a perfect season. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just watched like the last 45 seconds of that game. And I thought it would have been more dramatic in the same way that like um, when Christian Leitner caught that three court, uh, three quarters pass from inbounds and like turned around and mm-hmm. that's how they won. Mm-hmm. Um but I just rewatched it again and then they were tied. And then uh, with 45 seconds left, Duke brings the ball up. They were just like passing it around until it got to like 15 seconds. And then Leitner gets fouled. Um, And then he Mm -hmm. shoots, he makes two free throws. There's 12 seconds left. Um, Plenty of time to do something. But it was like super anticlimactic the way that game ended. And I was like, this is how it ends? Like, I don't even remember. Right. But Um, you remember the heartbreak, the heartache that definitely generated because UNLV shouldn't have lost. I hated Bobby Hurley, dude. I (laughs) hated that guy. Christian Lanier. Leitner, I hated too, yeah. but not as he does not have a punchable face as Bobby Hurley did. <laughs> um, yeah. Anyway, so yeah, that that was a big thing for yeah. me in in ninety one, and then like, um, and that's just sports. I got to try and think about some of the other things. What about you for pop culture? As, as, aside from cable, is there anything else that comes up? Uh, sports related. Brought this up at the Friday Vibes with Pro Set Everything. I, I checked it out just to make sure that mm-hmm. ninety one was when they when they did the Yo MTV rap set. That's when they did the Desert Storm set, um, which I didn't have too many of. I, I, those were like single packs, but the NFL cards and the MLB cards. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Or was it? No, they didn't do MLB. The NFL set. I got a box of those. You remember they used to sell boxes of cars at Costco? Yeah. My parents oh, wait, bought no, me I one. Didn't, I didn't even know that. Yeah, they did. Was so, it called Costco or was it Price Club? Oh, it might have been Price Club at the time. <laughs> it was the one in Newark by Stevenson. Yeah. Price Club, right? Yeah. It used Price to be Club Price at the time? Club, yeah. Yeah. Price we used to, I, uh, Got a box of that. So then, you know, had Emmett Smith rookie cards. That was also the year. 
where I got one of the Pro Set Santa Clauses. Have the 91 of that. I was kind of not doing cards as much as that by then. I think my card, baseball card thing was like fifth and sixth grade or fourth yeah. and fifth and sixth grade. Yeah. But in seventh and eighth, they would kind of die down. I mean, puberty, but um, <laughs> that was it for <laughs> for pop culture in, in 91. 92, everything from everything once you get into high school is going to be like, this is going to be so much just because, you know, we were we weren't little kids anymore, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, I guess the the one thing I mentioned it earlier, but then I think that summer I learned how to how to mix, and then mm. I mean that was a really big deal for me. Like this I really be, enjoyed between seventh it. And eighth. Oh, between seventh and eighth. Yeah, between seventh and eighth, yeah. and then yeah. I really, really, really enjoyed it. And then um, you know, I think that is yeah. really kind of what kind of drove my path during high school and after yeah. too, just being yeah. um learning how to dj so yeah. I, mean, I, I that's huge yeah i should uh backtrack and say the the biggest thing outside of cable was actually going to school dances because i hadn't gone into school dances before mm. eighth grade was the first one whatever the first dance was and it's because of who i was hanging out with it was um you know mon and SD was it? I know. It was our, all of our other friends that, like the, the whole Warwick crew. Yeah. And our friend T, um, who it's gross to say, but we were um, a couple for like a couple of weeks. Then <laughs> I think she probably said, let's go to the dance or you should go to the dance. I'm like, okay, I'll go to the dance. And then that's basically how I ended up hanging out with my long term friends, was um, mm. not just. T, that's kind of gross. T, I love you. You know, it's gross. Um, <laughs> uh, but it was just like, we ended up being in more classes together, but then that was really like, because I knew some of them before, right? But then that was really when I started um, hanging out with like Filipinos. I know T's not Filipino, but like hanging out with Filipinos. Um, yeah, yeah. And I mean, that's a big drastic like lane change. And you know, like that, that was like a, life-changing thing not just because they're filipino but just the way that uh as our lives unfolded in high school and stuff and what i'm into now um not just pop culture but you know like socially and politically and right creatively that that started with that crew so dances and dance pictures <laughs> <laughs> You know, thinking about that, like, I mean, I was at a Catholic school and then we never really had, I mean, we, we had dances, but it was just our class and there was like 30 kids or something, right? Like and yeah. we had seen all the time. So then it's kind of weird to <laughs> go to a dance and then like, yeah. okay. I mean, obviously they were like, there were couples at the time, yeah. um, but it was still kind of weird. But there was like our dare officer, um, <laughs> shout out officer Cornejo. Uh, he was actually a parent at St. Clement's in Hayward. Mm -hmm. So then he was one of the people who organized like a softball game between like the eighth, seventh and eighth graders or whatever. 
so then that kind of showed me that there was um i guess life outside of like just my class mm -hmm. so then um so we would play the softball game with St. Clements. And I got to know some of the kids over there, right? Um, and ended up being friends, which was really cool because some of those people would end up going to Moreau uh, later on that year mm -hmm. or like next year, the, the following year, right? So then I realized at that point that St. Clements would also have dances with some of the other schools mm. um, in the East Bay as well, like mm. other Catholic schools. And I was like, wait, why wasn't St. Edwards, you know, involved in, in these, right? Like, yeah, we just thought we were all, all our, each school was their own little island. Yeah. But then there was actually a like a coalition, I guess, that would actually organize these like social events. Like mm -hmm. there'd be like a, a dance between like, um, I think St. Clement, St. John, and St. Bede's. So then some of, when I ended up going to Moreau, couple, like the, the following year, some of these kids already knew each other, even though yeah. they went to different schools. Yeah. And I was like, wait, how, you know, and, and you know, this is, I was in high school then kind of looking back uh to like how it was with seventh and eighth when i was in, in junior high essentially it was like why didn't my school kind of go out of their way to try and right kind of give us that experience you know so yeah but so it's interesting that you say that these school dances were like a really big thing for you mm -hmm. um and I just kind of, I feel like that was probably like that for me as well, because I think we, we had a, I think a when we graduated, I think we had like a joint mm. um, celebration with, Saint, oh no, I think we did have a dance with St. Clement at some point. I can't remember if it was graduation or if it was just something, but at, at that point, you know, we weren't really that social. So that, like one class would be on one side of the hall and yeah. then the other yep. class, like St. St. Clements is on one side and St. Edwards is on the other side. And then right. that's basically how it was the whole night. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. I think that's how it was for us too. I don't even remember. I I I know what I wore because I, I we got those dance pictures. Yep, just shout out Miller's Outpost. <laughs> that that might be a recurring theme for a couple of years. <laughs> <laughs> Miller's Outpost and Mervins. Yeah, shout out to Mervins, man. They had those um champion sweaters. Mer Mervins mm. had definitely like bright crew necks yeah. and hoodies no i don't think hoodies were really big that back then it was definitely no they did we did because i remember getting oh, oh it's this a is... zip up one it's a zip up hoodie zip up one yeah, yeah. that's when 
yeah, everyone was getting like these bright colors, the the whole Hauser thing. Yeah. I didn't dance, but then I um, still did all the hair stuff. And a, fr- a friend of mine, um, she texted me and she grew up in San Jose. Mm-hmm. And I think her boyfriend, uh, I don't think he's from from here. But anyway, so she was explaining to her boyfriend what a Hauser was. <laughs> she she couldn't really Yeah. She couldn't really explain it. And so she asked me. So I was like, okay, so I think it's probably like the the beta version of Ravers but more for like hip hop and R&B, but then kind of like with some of the early dance stuff, probably, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah, and it was kind of like the, it's crazy because it wasn't even that long, you know, like it was only maybe six to eight years since like breaking no 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 like oh um, yeah yeah break dancing or breaking was like a big part of that right yeah Um, definitely and like you know in the high school my being 14 15 that was a long ass time ago because it was it was half a half a lifetime yeah um because breaking you know went out of style and then housing kind of brought brought it it back. back And then that kind of exploded this whole, in particular too, for like the Filipino American community really exploded because that's when they started doing all these like big ass, uh, breaking competitions, you know, world war one, world war two, world war three. I remember because Esty's, uh, uncle helped, um, promote some of those. Yeah. Yeah. I remember like all these, like, it's kind of, it's funny when it's, it's those like, mythical uh vhs tapes of oh yeah some of like the best dancers who would be like you know doing um whether pop and locking or um up rocking or whatever you yeah. know like uh and then i remember there's some dude named like i forgot whatever his name like raccoon or something who yeah supposedly was doing something you know like you heard of that dude right like yeah i think I'm, i think i got the wrong animal but you get what i'm saying no, his name's Raccoon. Oh, is that Raccoon? Yeah. Okay, I remember yeah. it. Like dancing and sometime doing all the pop and lock and um, like dislocating a leg or something. I don't know. Like there's like all these. I, I like, was there. I remember or, being there. Okay, watched... so that that was real. Yeah, that that was real. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So yeah, I think that yeah, it's uh, it was a dance culture that came heavily with a very specific fashion sense. Yeah, but then the like the the fashion ended up fading at mm-hmm. some point like a little earlier than the the breaking did right like yeah you know the fashion and the breaking uh was definitely there at the beginning but then the people who really liked like the the break dancing culture mm-hmm. they just kept doing it but then just the the fashion just kind of like fell off yeah Right. Yeah, and that that era of the breaking, at least in the U.S., I know, like in Japan and other places, like I, I don't think. I mean, that that might have started and kind of kept it going, but like 
I mean, that is that housing period and the whole breakdancing period for folks that look like this. Um, I mean, that that's the streamline to America's best dance crew and um, Jabberwockies and yeah, you know, because I mean, I think they were all different parts of all these different like you know, remember you would hear all these like dance crews. There's Rock Force and then there was Air Force in L.A. and I forgot all these other things, but then they would converge and they would battle and stuff. And that's kind of like what evolved out of that was this crazy, huge phenomenon with America's Best Dance Crew. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Why has there not been a housing documentary? There is hella shit in the early 90s, I think, that could be like done as a documentary. I know there's one that you were talking about before that we won't talk about here, but there's a... I feel like the KML Wild 94.9 or Wild 107.7 Wild 94.9 that battle before they were both uh, purchased by Clear Channel. Clear Channel, yeah. There's so much like the music was crazy because you had the wake up show on KML. Yeah, totally, um, man. The high energy stuff on Wild. You know, they played some similar things, but they also had very distinct like communities and also different uh, distinct yeah. flavors. Yeah. And then like their street teams, because we had friends on the street teams. Mm-hmm. I mean, now it's like the stupid drama, but like drama between the street teams because they were like so like um, <laughs> passionate about so their tribal. teams. So tribal. Yeah, it's very tribal. But like thinking about like all the innovations to radio that was happening at the time, um, like for us in the Bay, we're always, we're always going to remember Love Lines, Love Zone. Mm-hmm. Uh, Evan Luck would do Battle of the Rappers like 7 o'clock, 7 to 7.30. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Then you had a wake-up show on... Fridays. Fridays. Was it Fridays? It was Fridays, like like at 11 or something or like yeah 10 10 o'clock i mean that's how i found out about like wu-tang and yeah that's um and then yeah man that was just the crazy and i would definitely tune in to whenever the djs would perform right you know what i mean like it's like okay they're they'll be on at five or like yeah um, and then every like it would be like dave meyer on wednesday and then like uh Theo Mizuhara on Thursday and then like um Glenn yeah, Howery on Tuesday, you know, like I, I would know the yeah. schedule. They um, had I mean at some point there was like six four five forty to six was their morning mix, and then they would mm-hmm. have one like at nine to nine twenty with Michael Erickson. They would have one at twelve, they would have one like five to six or something. And then all, it was all like the uh, slow jams at night, but yeah. and then like and then Sunday Club One Hundred Six, yeah, oh yeah, yeah. It was, and and both of them were just had. I mean, some of our friends, DJ. I mean, yeah, um, were actually DJing on that and then or mixing on it and then, yeah, man. I mean, like back then that you could still learn about new music because it wasn't being all run by clear channel um 
their playlists weren't being all run by clear channel yeah for sure yeah but yeah i feel like there's probably hello camp like vhs tapes of the that battle i mean you know, that competition between wild 94.9 wild, wild 107 and kmel yeah um yeah the housing so there, there's like we talked about there's like mythical tapes that we've seen maybe like three or four or five dubs after so it's hella grainy but you see it enough yep or you heard the story so you feel like you're joking the other day you've heard it so much that you feel like you were there even though you weren't um you were but like i wasn't <laughs> um yeah man it was a crazy is a crazy creative time yeah man it's... yeah and then it's funny because you're talking about uh high five and thinking about like the music that did hit i remember like sitting around during summer jam days and wanting like waiting to tape the live mm-hmm. performances of the songs i wanted to tape I... it didn't even sound that good because it was just so like so much interference and whatever yeah, and then I really remember the live performance of the I Can't Wait Another Minute yeah. like Summer Jam. And they, they would play that. They like, did. Instead of the album version or whatever, yeah. or the recorded version, yeah. they would just like, after Summer Jam, they would just like play it. Yeah. And I was like. Yeah. Calling in, calling into KML or whatever, try to request a song or try to. <laughs> try to try to win a prize. Win a prize. Call it 10. Yep. My sister, I never did it, but my sister would do like the party line, aka oh, yeah? clubhouse. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's what it is. Right? Pretty um, much. Pretty much. Yeah. So that was 91. 